Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I would like to encourage those who haven't listened to the first two sermons to go into the YouTube in the near future to listen to the first two sermons because the way I teach the uh, lesson, I teach in detail. I lead you step by step into the subject, and I am a kind of detail guy. I don't teach something goofy. Or very light. I like to go deep in the message into the subject. So if you miss the first two, you will miss a lot because the first two gave us the foundation of how to receive God's best. And I would like to review a little bit this morning about receiving God's best. In fact, when God created Adam and Eve, the first thing He said to them when they opened their eyes. He said, "I bless you. Be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. You cannot fill the earth without receiving the blessing, without receiving the best from God. The best of God cover everything in our life: finances, health, strength, wisdom, success, prosperity, open doors, divine connection, love, faith." Protection, all the good things from heaven that are the best can come to us, and we can receive the best from God. And he found a man. God found a man named Abraham, and this man had faith in God. God tested him and asked him to give his son as a living, as a sacrifice, to bring the son to the mountain and kill his son as a sacrifice. Actually. God did not intend to kill Isaac, but God tested Abraham to see whether he loved God more than anything else or not, and he passed the test. After he passed the test, God promised him the blessing. In the Christian language, we call the blessing of Abraham, or the blessing of Jesus, and that blessing of Abraham belonged to us because the Bible says that we are Abraham's seed. And we have the right to receive the same blessing. We are the heirs of Christ. We are the heirs to Christ and of God. We can have inheritance of Abraham, and that inheritance is the blessing or the things of God, the best thing of God. Galatians chapter three verse twenty nine say, "And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according." To the promise, God has a promise. Our relationship with God is the relationship of the covenant of promise. He made the promise with us. He made the covenant with us, and the covenant is as for God. He say in the Bible, as for me, God, I make a covenant with you to bless you, to multiply you exceedingly, to go before you. So that is God's promise. He want to give you. Exceeding multiplication, exceeding blessing, the best from God that He gave to Abraham, and 
that same promise belong to us as well. But at the same time, we have a condition. We need to make a decision to receive God best by following His condition. What is that? Walk with Him. Be blameless and walk uprightly. And when you do that, your life will end like Abraham. The Bible says that Abraham had been blessed in everything. He received the best from God. He is our example to all of us. But we need to make a very firm decision. We have the serious commitment and firm consistency and also unwavering determination that I'm going to receive God's best into my life and I'm going to pass that best into my next generation to come, the thousand generation. It's your own choice. God cannot force you. God created you to have the freedom of choice. It's your choice every single day. You say, I need, I want, I pursue God's best. And the condition is in Psalm chapter 84, verse 11. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will He withhold from them that walk uprightly. So we need to walk in excellence, step by step. We want to do better than last time. Tomorrow, your faith is going to be higher than yesterday and today. Tomorrow, you're going to have more love than yesterday. You keep excelling, doing the best uprightly. Whenever God warns you something about something wrong in your life, the word upright means, I'm going to do what is right in the eyes of God. I'm going to be faithful to God. If God correct me and warn me, I repent right away, and I'm going to do the right thing before the eyes of God. That is a Christian way of life that will receive the best from God. How many people want to walk uprightly? How many people say excellence? excellence. Blameless. Blameless. So today in this teaching, I want to give you some keys that God gave me in the Bible how to walk in excellent way or blamelessly. I will read many scriptures and encourage you to walk that way. And I believe you will practice what you learn from the scripture here. The first scripture I want to read is in the book of John, chapter 15, verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. When I read this scripture, I feel like a blank check. Whatever you desire, He will give it to you. He gives you a blank check, and you can put in the number, whatever you want. How? We need to abide in Jesus. We need to have close relationship with Jesus, love Him, obey Him, and we need to abide in His Word. So the first key I want to give to you, you need to be serious about the Word of God. You should read the Bible. You should put the Word of God first place in your life. Whatever the Word of God say, I do it. I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to try to give excuses. Oh, God has grace for me. I don't need to obey God. No. Put God's Word first in your life. This is the reason why I produce so many teaching in the YouTube and Internet to the point that no one can follow me. 
too many teachings, but I just leave it there because you need to know the Word of God. Actually, I write one sermon a day. Can you imagine 365 sermon a year? I have only 52 Sundays a year. Another 300 sermon. What can I do? I need to produce extra and put in the internet to listen. We want to learn more how to walk with God. When we study the Bible, we don't learn the Bible for head knowledge, for information. We study the Bible to get to know God. Our relationship with God, we know Him more and more and more. He knows us already, but we need to know Him. We need to know how to walk with Him. His principle, His way, are not our ways. His way are higher than our way. So we need to learn the Bible to know how to walk, how to practice every day. We study the Bible so that we know the promises of God, because God's best is in the promises of God. All of His promises in the Bible. So we need to know the promise, and we receive the fulfillment of the promise by faith. When you study the Bible, you hear the good teaching. Your faith rises up, and you can receive God's best by faith. By obedience, we need to know. I learned one thing: you don't receive what you don't know and what you don't have faith for. This is why our church teach everything: teach about prosperity, healing, deliverance, grace, favor. Because you cannot receive the things you don't know. The Bible say, "My people are destroyed due to the being ignorant." If you don't know, you don't receive. Since I understand and know about healing, I'm healthier than before. I can command sickness to leave because I know healing is mine, and I can claim it. I can speak it. I can confess it by faith, and I have the healing. We need to know the word of God. That's number one. Everyone say, put the word of God first. Number two, Genesis chapter 39, verse three. So. And his master saw that the Lord was with him. Him is Joseph, and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. Sound like Joseph received God's best at the end of his life too. At the end, he became prime minister of Egypt. He could bless his two sons. And he lived a long life. I think, as I recall, Joseph lived until 110 years old. He lived a long life. He received God's best. But look at the key here. The second principle is that we need to love the presence of God. We need to welcome the presence of God. We walk in the presence of God all the days of our life. This is why our church love to worship. Because when we worship, we invite the presence of God. I don't know your guy feel the presence of God a while ago when we worship. Oh, I feel I feel the presence of God on me. I love the presence of God, and so many times I got healed during worshiping. Pastor Da got healed from her bleeding from the uterus while worshiping, and God flow into her and healed her. In the worship, God presence show up. We love to lay hand. We want the presence of God to touch people. Fill people up, because the presence of God will bring His best. Can you imagine when somebody have ten thousand dollars in their wallet show up? What come with that man? The ten thousand dollars. 
Is that right? What show up when God shows up? Every good thing. Wisdom, strength, healing. Every good thing show up when He shows up. That's why I want the presence of God to go with me everywhere. I want the richest and the most powerful and the wisest person to be with me all the time. I love the presence of God. I learned how to usher the presence of God. I learned how to walk in the presence of God everywhere. When I was sitting in the clinic, when my patients start to tell me about their symptoms, I put the antenna up. Beep, 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 beep. The presence of God tell me what can I do for this patient. I need your wisdom. You are the wisest person in the whole universe. I need to carry the presence of God. The presence of God gives you success. In 2 Samuel chapter 6, verses 10 to 11, so David would not move the ark of the Lord with him into the city of David. But David took it aside into the house of Obed-Edom, the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. The ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, three months. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. In the Old Testament, the presence of God was not with everybody. The anointing was with the king, with the prophet and the priest. And the presence of God was at the Ark of the Covenant in the inner room, in the Holy of Holies. So the Ark of the Covenant brought the presence of God everywhere. And at that time, they want to move the Ark of the Covenant to the city of David. But they make a mistake. In fact, according to the law of Moses, in order to take the Ark of the Covenant, they need to have a pole put in the Ark, in the ring. And the priest will carry the Ark of the Covenant, walk like this. Because God wants to say that the presence of God needs to be carried by men, not by animals, not by cars, not by computer, by human beings. But they make a mistake, they put the Ark of the Covenant on the cart, and the cow or the uh, animal pulled the cart. God was upset with them. The cart fell. The Ark almost fell on the ground, and one guy touched the Ark to stop the Ark from falling down. That guy died immediately because he touched the presence of God, and he disobeyed God how to carry the Ark. When that guy died, David was so afraid, he put the Ark of the Covenant in the house of this man, actually Obed-Edom. Do you know his job? Do you know his profession? I tell you, his profession is he is the gatekeeper of the temple. He's a gatekeeper to protect the presence of God. So King David put the Ark there. During the presence of God was at his home. His whole family was blessed for three months. King David lived in the city, heard about that. Hey, not fair. I want the blessing. So he went to the house of Obed-Edom and took the ark in the right way to his city. He wanted the blessing. He wanted the presence of God. Do you want the presence of God? Yes. Amen. Nowadays, in the church era, the presence of God show up. He pour His Spirit upon people. He fill us with the Holy Spirit. 
and we learn how to carry the presence of God. We honor the presence of God. We love the presence of God. We recognize the presence of God. We surrender to the presence of God everywhere we go. We say and we believe in our heart, God is with me right now. I'm going to honor Him. I will speak the right thing. I will do the right thing because the presence of God is with me. I depend on the presence of God. If you can live that kind of lifestyle, you will always receive God's best. Number one, the word come first. Everyone say, put the word first. Number two, walk with the presence of God. Honor the presence of God. Number three, the third key. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder. You hear the word rewarder? God best. You want to receive reward? God best. Of those who diligently seek Him. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 7. When a man's ways... Please the Lord. He makes even the en his enemies to be at peace with him. The third key, live your life in the way that pleases God. How do you please God? Number one, walk by faith. Always have faith. Everything you do, you do it by faith. You serve by faith. You do it by faith. You want to glorify God. You want to honor God. You want to let God know that you love Him so much and He will reward you because you please Him. You diligently seek Him. We set up this camp so that we can come and seek God together. Every Sunday we wake up, we get dressed and go to church. It's not about going to church for religion. It's the action of seeking God. We wake up, read the Bible, and pray. We seek God. We seek God. This morning, I was talking to somebody, talking about the demon and attitude and motive. The question come up, do I have demon when I serve in the Thai restaurant and I want them to give me more tips? Do I have the demon to love that I love money? that I want more tips from my customer. My answer to that person is, no, you serve your customer in the loving way and you want them to be blessed. You want them to enjoy food and you want to honor your boss, your employer. You serve them because you want to honor God. When they see you, they see God in you and they want to become a Christian. Your motive of serving your customer in the restaurant is not for money. It's to honor God and to please God. And the tip will come anyway. Don't be moved by money. Be moved by the lifestyle of pleasing the Lord. Then I share on the table, all the years that I was a doctor, I never think about money. I never think about paycheck. When I look at my patient, I always think, when you see me, you're going to see Jesus. And I will do everything that you will be in good health so that you enjoy life again. And that you will know that Christian doctor like me is a kind, sincere, and loving doctor. That is how I 
practice medicine because I want to please God. I don't want to please money. I want to be loving, caring for people. I'm not moved by money. I'm moved by love and by faith, and I want to honor the Lord. Amen. Ask yourself every day what you do. Are you doing things to please God? Are you doing things with other motives? Ask yourself, what is your motive? Is to please God or to please yourself? So, number one, put the word first. Everyone say, put the word of God first. Number two, go with the presence of God. Number three, live a life that pleases God. Now, we continue to look at the scripture. Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 to 17. I love this passage. Oh, we need it in the Asian community the most. Because in Asian community, it's so easily to be offended. Ah, Asian Christians so easily bite the bait of Satan. When somebody offends you, you bite, you put your head into the bait and bite, and then the trap knocks on your head, and you get into trouble because you bite the bait of Satan. I don't know about American culture, but in Asian culture, I notice Asian Christians always get offended, I get mad, I'm not happy, I leave the church, I don't like you, you say the wrong thing to me, oh, the way you say things, I'm so offended. And this is the scheme of the enemy, to destroy Christians by biting the bait of offenses. Look at Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 to 17. If you want to receive God's best, listen carefully. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long sufferings, long sufferings. People may offend you a hundred times. You still have long suffering. Bearing with one another. Being patient with one another. Don't run away. Don't keep up. Bearing with one another. Thank God that many members in this church has been bearing with me and Pasada. We make so many mistakes. We say wrong things. We speak wrong things on the pulpit all the time. And people bear with me. I don't have any bad attitude. I just not perfect. I make mistakes. And forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. You must forgive. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. If you don't have peace right now, it's not right. It means you are getting mad at somebody. You are not forgiving somebody. You don't love somebody. That's why you don't have peace. Which also, to which also you were called 
in one body. Offense happen in the church, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. If you want to receive God's best. Please walk in love. Love is the commandment of Jesus Christ. He said, "I can conclude the whole Bible into two commands: love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself." And when you love people, you are humble, you are gentle, you forgive, you bear with their weakness. They may make mistake to you hundred times. You still smile, and I love you. I forgive you. I will always bless you. You don't get mad and run away. You know, sometimes God allow offense to happen in the church to test you whether you are forgiving and you're loving or not. Really, are you gonna pass the test? If you don't pass the test, you will miss God's best. But if you forgive, you love, you're kind to one another, you can receive God's best. Turn to the person next to you and say, "I forgive you." <laughs> forgive one another. Love one another. Amen. This is the fourth key. I believe forgiveness is a big subject. If you notice, Joseph was receiving God's best. Actually, the offense that happened to Joseph very bad. Can you imagine? His brother sold him to be slave. His master's wife. Lied about him. His friend in jail forgot about him. He was offended and offended and offended so many times and pretty bad. Not just only a few words, say something wrong. This is bad. He was sold as a slave, but Joseph forgave all of them, and he received God's best. He became the prime minister of Egypt. Forgiveness is a big subject. Please forgive. No one is perfect. Everyone make mistake, including you. That's why, as God forgive you, you should forgive others, because everyone, including you and me, make some mistake in words, in action, in attitudes. We need to forgive one another. Psalm chapter thirty-seven, verse four: Delight yourself. Also in the Lord, and He shall give you the desires. Is your desire God best? You want God best, or you want just average? Best. Wow. You want God best? Your desire to receive God's best. He shall give you the desires of your heart. 
Delight in the Lord your God. What does it mean? It means that you are always thankful. You always have good attitude toward God. God, I'm so thankful. I'm thankful for these difficulties, for this setback. I know good things gonna happen to me. I delight in you. I love you. I rejoice in you. When you think about God, you smile. You sing songs. You dance. Because God is so good to me. I delight in the Lord. We should build that kind of habit. You always think about the Lord and smile and delight and think about the goodness of God and be thankful to God all the days of your life. If you can do that, God will give you the desires of your heart. And I learned this lesson for the past 40 years. I make a decision. I'm gonna rejoice in the Lord. I shall be thankful. I am delighting in the Lord, and I notice God answer a lot of my prayer supernaturally, because He say, "Delight in the Lord your God." Amen. Can I see your smile? Everyone say, "Rejoice, Rejoice. In, the in the Lord!" Ha ha ha! <laughs> ho ho ho! <laughs> How Vietnamese people laugh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How Chinese people laugh. Ho ho ho. Oh ho ho ho. Okay. Chinese say ho ho ho. Vietnamese say ha 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 ha. How about American? So delight in your Lord, your God. Always smile. Always happy. Don't let anybody steal your joy. Anytime bad things happen, don't focus on the person. Don't focus on the problem. Keep your eyes on God. Ha 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 ha! God, the good things gonna happen out of this situation. Ha ha ha! I delight in you. Don't look at the bad things. Don't walk by sight. Walk by faith. Look at God. Amen. Delight in the Lord your God. First Samuel chapter two verse thirty, the sixth key. I think fifth, sixth key now. First Samuel two thirty say, I want to read at the end of the verse. The Bible say, Far be it from me, for those who honor me, I will honor, and those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. If we want to receive God's best. All the day of our life, we need to honor God. We need to honor God. Honor God with our attitudes. Honor God with our words, with our lifestyle, with our action, with our daily life. How we respond to the situation. We honor His word. We honor His church. We honor people around us. Honor our boss. Honor our leader. Honor our parents. We live. The life of honor. Honor is a characteristic of God. If you honor Him, He will honor you. Every time I make any decision, I will check my heart. When I do this, do I honor God or not? I want to honor the Lord because I know when I honor the Lord, He will honor me, and when He honors me, I will receive His best. He will give me the best. So no good things. Will he withhold to those who walk uprightly? And all this 
keys that I just read the scripture. If you walk that way, you walk uprightly. The word of God comes first. You love the word. You practice the word. Two, you honor and love the presence of God. You respond to the presence of God. You let the presence of God lead you. Amen. Number three, live a life that pleases God, a life of faith, a life that makes God smile from heaven. Number four, you should always forgive people, love people around you, decide to walk in love and don't take the offense. Number five, you always be joyful, thankful. And rejoice in the Lord your God. Delight in His love and His faithfulness. What is the number? Next one. Number six. Always live a life that you want to honor the Lord your God. Amen. If you can do that, you will receive God's best. After you listen to this teaching, you may feel that. Wow, this is hard to do. It's hard to do. This is why we need the power of the Holy Spirit to practice what we learn here. And you may say that you know, Pastor, I don't, I don't think I can receive God's best. I'm not worthy to receive it. I'm not good enough. Who am I to receive God's best? I'm not a pastor. I don't deserve it. I want to let you know. The reason you can receive God's best is that you are the covenant man and woman. You make the covenant with God. It doesn't depend on your background, what nationality, what skin color, what race you came from. It doesn't matter what education you have or your past experience. You can start today. The past is the past. You make decision today. And forever, I'm gonna pursue God's best. I'm gonna live uprightly. I'm gonna follow the way of God. You can come from broken background, poor, poverty. You can come from very bad background, low education. It doesn't matter because what matters is that you are the believer. You are the heir of Christ. You are the heir of Abraham. You have the right to receive the covenant of God's blessing and good things. Everyone say, "I'm a covenant person. I make the covenant with God. I am an heir of Christ. I can receive the inheritance." Let me read one more scripture, and then I will finish. John chapter five verses two to six. Now there is in Jerusalem, by the sheep gate, a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In this lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time. Into the pool and stir up the water. Then whoever step in first into the water first, after the stirring of water, 
was made well of whatever disease he had. So God healed people in the pool there when the angel stirred up the water. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity, 38 years, 38 years, long time. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, "Do you want to be made well?" I can stop here first. That question that Jesus asked this man, who had infirmity for 38 years, that question he asked have two meanings. He said, "Imagine, Jesus was standing in front of that man who lie on the ground on the bed. He might be paralyzed. I don't know. He was sick for 38 years, and Jesus looked at his eyes and say, 'Do you want?'" To be made whole. Do you want to be totally healed? Do you want to have God's best? What does it mean that question? Number one, it means God's wholeness and God's best is available to us. God will not ask that question if it's not available. God asks you the same thing: Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be made whole? Do you want to receive my best? What is your answer? So, it's available. God's best, God's wholeness is available through Jesus Christ. The second meaning of that question, he asked the question, "Do you want?" What it means? God throws responsibility to him. God already make a plan. As for me, I make covenant with you. Now, how about as for you? What is your decision? There's a second thing we learn from the question of Jesus in this situation: is is your responsibility and your decision and my decision whether I want and you want God's best or not? Is your answer yes or no? Yes or no? Do you want wholeness? Yes. Do you want the blessing? Yes. Healing? Yes. Whose decision? Mine. Yeah, you determine. Yes. You have a very strong decision, commitment. I want it. I will never give up. So, number one, wholeness, God's best is available. Two, is our decision whether we want to receive it or not. Look at the man's response. John chapter 5 verses 7 to 8. The sick man answered him, "Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But when I am coming, another steps down before me." So this man give excuses. I have been lying here for years. No man come to help me. Every time the waters will stir up, somebody else have a, another person help to go down first. And I miss it again, so he gave excuses. A lot of us give excuses too. Oh, I'm just an Asian person from Asia. I'm from Africa. I don't deserve wholeness from God. I'm just a new believer. I don't know a lot of the Bible. You give all the excuses. No one, no man, come to help me. 
No one want to be my boyfriend. I'm still single. I need help. I need a boyfriend. No, you look for man to help you. Okay, that's what this man tried to say. I need a man to help me. Look at verse eight. Jesus said to him, "Rise, take up your bed, and walk." And immediately, the man was made well, took up his bed, and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. What we learn from this story is number one, wholeness is available. Two is our decision to say yes to God. It's our own responsibility to say yes, God, I want it. Three, God knows every detail about your life. He knew that this man was sick for 38 years. He knew that this man was lying there, no man helped him for 38 years. He knew everything. He knows about everything in your life. He knows that you don't have a boyfriend yet. He knows that you need to pay off your debt. He knows that you are suffering from financial issue. He knows that you are suffering from insomnia, lack of sleep. He knows everything about your life. He's God, and the good news is, Jesus wants to be that man for you. Listen one more time. Jesus is that man for you. To help you to have wholeness, is it clear? Who you should look up to, the Lord Jesus. If you need a boyfriend, look at Jesus first. He will provide you a boyfriend. He will help you. If you want to get out of debt, believe that Jesus is that man who gives you the best and set you free from the debt, and you will have more than enough. To do all the good things, you will not live in poverty anymore. If you're sick, look at that man, Jesus. He is your answer. He can heal you immediately, and you can be made whole. Is it clear? Okay. Last thing I want to say in this teaching. Jesus said to that man, I read one more time. He said to him, "Rise, take up your bed." I want to emphasize, rise. The word "rise" here doesn't happen to his body first. The rise, the word "rise" here happened in his heart first. You need to rise up in your heart first. I'm gonna get up. I'm gonna change my perspective. I'm gonna change my thinking, my value. Rise up inside. Yes, God, you can heal me. You can make me whole. I rise up inside. I'm not going to lose hope anymore. Victory is coming. God's best is coming. Miracle is coming. Breakthrough is mine. Wholeness is mine. Everyone, point to your heart and do like this. Rise up in my heart first. And when your heart rises up, everything else will happen. So it has to start from your heart. Amen? Amen. If you want God's best, you need to remember this: God's best is available, wholeness is available, and you need to make a decision yourself. I want it. You say yes to God. Yes. Yeah. 
ครับ What is Vietnamese? Yeah, too. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah means yes. Yeah. How about Chinese? Mandarin. What you say? Yes in Mandarin. Tui. 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 Okay. How about in Indonesian? Yeah. Okay. Yeah too. You need to say yes to God. Yes, I want God best. I want wholeness in my life. You rise up on the inside of you, and you make a decision. I gonna receive God's best in my life. No excuses anymore. I will pursue until the end. No matter circumstances are. No man come to help me. No people come to help me. But you are that man. You're gonna help me. I gonna depend on you. Jesus is my helper, my answer, not any human being. He can heal your knee pain. He can touch you and heal your knee pain. He can do that for you. Last question: How do you want your life to turn out in the next many years? How do you want your life to turn out? At the end of your life, do you want people say about you, "Wow, he or she has been blessed by God in every way, like Abraham"? Do you want your life to turn out that way? Study this lesson carefully. Number one, make A serious commitment to obtain and pursue God's best. Two, you live uprightly. You do everything excellent before God. You do the best for God. You live a blameless life. Repent and do the right thing before the eyes of the Lord. You have unwavering determination. No matter what, I'm not going to give up. Four, you use those keys that I mentioned today—the six keys—in living your life. Five, you rise up on the inside and say yes to God. I receive your wholeness and your goodness. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to back down. I'm not going to throw in the towel. I'm going to pursue God's best. Until I see it happen, Amen? Amen. Hallelujah, Father. Thank you so much for teaching us how to receive your best, Lord. Lord, thank you for telling us that you know everything in our life. You knows our need. As you give us your best, we will not receive only what we need, but we receive what we desire, what we want, what is best for us, Lord. We believe that you are that man, that person who come to deliver us, help us, provide for us. You are the answer to our life, Lord, and we promise you, we make a covenant with you, Lord, that we will walk uprightly before your eyes. We will walk with you, and we will become blameless. We will walk in excellence. We do everything better. And better in each step of our life, 
Lord, we will put your word first. We will really seek to know your word, practice your word. We love your presence, Lord, and we want to follow you. Lord, we want to live a life that pleases you and give thanks to you. We want to walk a life of love and forgiveness. We want to forgive everybody who has offended us, Lord. We're going to walk in love and honor you all the days of our life, Lord. Thank you so much, Lord, that you say in the Bible, as for me, I make a covenant with you. And we want to say to you too, as for me, I will serve you and obey you. Everyone say, as for me, I want your best. I will serve you. And I will walk uprightly before your eyes. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. I'm so thirsty. Thank you.